You are listening to a message from ICS Church. For more information about ICS Church, please visit us online at ics.church or like us on facebook.com slash ICSChurch. I would like to call Pastor Chad for the word today. Happy Mother's Day to you, Renee, the beautiful mother of my kids. Fun mother too. Do you know it's important to be a fun mother? All the children agree. Yeah, it's good to have fun mothers. <laughs> uh, and my kids have a fun one. Have a fun one. All right. We want to take time to honor all our mothers in the room. So if you are a mom today, can you stand? Can you stand? If you're a mother in this room, can you stand right now? Fantastic, great. Remain standing because uh, our guest services team are gonna come to you very quickly. They're gonna come to you very quickly with a gift for you. And if you're wondering what this gift is, it's actually a, a, a beaded, this is a custom made uh, mask holder. <laughs> I know not a lot of us are fans of wearing masks. But right now, it's still a requirement. So for all our moms, this is a way for you not to lose your mask. And this was customly made by another mom. In fact, it's my favorite mother-in-law, right? Mommy Vasey made this custom for all the moms today. So we hope that you enjoy that. And at the same time, you know, sometimes the preacher preaches a bit long and you might get hungry. So there's a little box of bread <laughs> that you're going to be given this morning as well. So all the moms are going to receive that right now. But if there's a mom near you, can you just stretch your hand towards these moms? And we're going to pray for them. Just stretch your hand towards them as a sign of blessing. And we're going to pray for them this morning. Would you join me as we pray for our moms today? Father, we are so grateful for every mother that is in this room right now and even those that are watching us online, we ask, Lord, that you bless them, that you shower them with your favor, with health, with strength, with all good things. We thank you, Lord God, for how they have dedicated their life in honoring you and serving you and serving their family. Lord, we commit them once again to you today. Some of us, Lord, whose moms are far away, Lord, we entrust them to you wherever they are. Let them know, Lord God, that they are loved and allow them to know that they are blessed. For some of us, Lord, who are grieving and missing our moms today, we ask again for your comfort to be upon each one. And for the women, Lord, who are longing to be mothers, Father, we pray that they will continue to find satisfaction and fulfillment in you. And we ask, Lord, for your promise to be fulfilled in their life as well. Lord, we thank you for these moms. And we commit each one of them to you in Jesus' name. And everyone say, amen. Amen. God bless you, moms. You may be seated. Today, God bless all the moms at ICS Church. And we are grateful that you have come to be with us today. Fantastic, fantastic. So again, um, I just want to say a huge thank you to our sound and media team. How many guys appreciate our media tech team? These guys 
our volunteers, and you see the man, they were like special forces just a moment ago. Uh, I was standing here when the sound went away. Uh, I was a little bit anxious, but I wasn't worried. I wasn't worried because I know that we have trust. We have a trustworthy and a very capable team. And as you can tell, that's happened just now. Uh, on the spot, right on the moment, they're able to put this together. So we're just using a couple of speakers. As far as I understand, these ones are out right now. Hopefully, we're still streaming online. Um, this is why it's really good to be at church in person on Sunday morning uh, because hopefully we don't get cut off in person. So glad uh, that you are here and thank you. Thank you, media team, for doing the best that you can always um, in serving the Lord and serving God's people when we come together on Sunday. So welcome, welcome to ICS Church. Again, my name is Chad and uh, I met somebody new today. So welcome back uh, to the Ali family. There are missionaries here from the U.S. Welcome back. Glad you're back in, in the Philippines. Um, you know, the pandemic uh, kept many of our uh, missionary families away for a while, but uh, we're glad that uh, many of them are returning back to the Philippines to continue to partner with the church and establishing God's kingdom on the islands, all throughout the islands. Tomorrow is election day. I hope you have registered. Those of you who are uh, registered, be sure you wake up early, get in there, and put your vote in um, as we uh, utilize this opportunity to be God's voice over our nation in the Philippines in the coming years and continue to pray for the Philippines even beyond election day. That's part of our role and responsibility as believers. Three weeks ago, we started a series called City on a Hill. City on a Hill. So we encourage you to go back and perhaps watch some of those if you missed them. And uh, today is part three of the series entitled Meet the Need Where You Are. Meet the Need Where You Are. I grew up in church. And so um, as a young kid, I understood that it's always good to share. In fact, Jesus wants us to share generously to those around us who are in need. But that didn't mean that as a child, I liked doing that. I mean, if I'm really honest with you, and I'm, I am, you know, <laughs> uh, I didn't like doing that. Uh, my mom would prepare a nice meal for me when I was a kid. So I'd go to school and everybody would have their packs with them. And so when it's lunchtime, you sit together with your friends, open your packs, uh, to find out what you're having for the day. And more often than not, I had my friends look at what I had, and they were like, oh, that looks really good. Can I have some? And, you know, as, as a kid who really appreciated my mom's cooking, and I really liked it, and I looked forward to it, I really didn't want to share. I really didn't. And, and so when I saw that, you know what? Um, okay, why don't you have your own lunch today? <laughs> you know, for whatever reason. Um, either they already ate it up, or, you know, sometimes they, they forget, you know, the parents forget to give their lunch money so they can't buy their money and uh, the parents don't cook food for their kids. And so sometimes, because I know, I learned in children's church that you're supposed to share as a good Christian kid, I would reluctantly share a little bit of my food with those who asked for some. And uh, I realized later on growing up that that's probably not a good thing. It's a good thing to share. But to share with a little bit of kind of disgruntled feeling or without joy in your heart, 
that's not something that honors the Lord. So as I got a bit older, I realized, hey, you know, it's actually important and valuable to have compassion. Everybody say compassion. It's important to have a compassionate heart when we actually show kindness, goodness towards others. In fact, that should be the primary motivation. It's not because I'm obligated to, because I'm a Christian, I'm supposed to be good and kind. No, it's because the Holy Spirit has revealed to you, you know what, I've shown you compassion. While you were a sinner, I gave my life for you. I gave my best for you. And this is my expectation. As our Lord and our Savior Jesus, it's His expectation that we do the same to those we meet around us. So compassion needs to be in place to actually have a more meaningful, fulfilling uh, heart of sharing kindness, goodness towards others who may be in need. And you know, sometimes it's overwhelming, right? As we get older, we see the needs around us, and it begins with our own families. We see the needs, and sometimes we're overwhelmed. We see the needs in our city, in our community, in our nation. And we feel like, man, what can I do? There's just one. It's just me. What can I do? You know, can I share my lunch to, with all of these people? No, I mean, it's like millions right now. It's 100 plus million people in the Philippines. And, you know, we get burdened by these needs that our friends share with us that our workmates share with us. And sometimes we feel, I feel compassion, but <laughs> I don't feel like I have the capacity to actually help. I'll do something. But the truth is, God actually puts it in situation where we can do something about it. Did you know that? He never allows us to be in a situation and be presented with needs that prevent us from actually meeting those needs. Now, don't they just take my word for it. This, this is something that we find in Scripture. Here's a couple of truths that we need to understand today. First of all, compassion drives us to change situations for good for the benefit of others. And that's something that we need to always seek to do. We don't just do good things to help others because we think, you know what, these are credit points for me when I get to heaven. No, 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 no. This should be an intrinsic motivation because the Holy Spirit is present and that is what Jesus did. And as his followers, I'm expected to do the same. Jesus, I need to have your compassionate heart so that that can happen in my life as well. But the truth is, when we're faced with overwhelming circumstances, God has equipped us with everything that we will need to actually give a response to meet that need. The truth today that we want to take hold of is this. God will not lead you where His grace cannot sustain you. This is a truth. God will never allow us to be in a situation to be confronted with needs where we cannot respond, where we cannot provide an answer. And you say, but, but I'm not God. I'm not Jesus. I know. But you know who's with us? God is with us. And He has apportioned His spirits to be in us. And because of that, we know that all things are not possible because of these things. That's what we want to talk about a little bit today. And so we're going to go to one of the Gospels, the Gospel of Mark. The interesting thing is all the four Gospels actually record this story or this account that we're going to read today. 
and we're going to learn from. How can we actually respond to the needs where we are, even if it seems overwhelming, even if it seems it's beyond our capacity or our ability? With God, it is possible. Mark chapter 6, and beginning with verse 30, Mark writes this, The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all that they had done. Then, because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. It's been a long day. Jesus has been ministering together with his disciples. And you know, because Jesus was also fully man and fully God, he actually got physically tired. So Jesus wasn't somebody who just, you know, never slept and just continued to work and continued. No, no. He allowed himself to be limited physically. So there was weariness. And so he said, you know what? You guys have done a great job today. We've ministered. We've served. Let's go and take some time to rest. How many of you appreciate rest? I appreciate rest. Right? Maybe not as long as the pandemic gave us. <laughs> that was a bit extended. But rest is good. Rest is important. And we should find rest. So, verse 32, they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. It's always good to find a quiet place to be alone so you can rest. But, huh, many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. So apparently, hey, Jesus had already been made known. People had heard about Jesus. He had been ministering for a while. Word had spread that this guy speaks and teaches like somebody with authority. This guy performs miracles unlike any other. There's even a rumor that he may be the prophet Elijah that came back to life. And so word quickly spread. Quickly, I heard Jesus and his disciples and his followers. I saw them get on the boat and I think they're going to go to the next, the other side of the lake, Lake Tiberias. And so word spread quickly. Hey, and this was before social media. Can you imagine? It wasn't just one place that heard about it. It says here multiple towns, no internet, no social media. Word spread really quickly. And so even before Jesus reached the other side together with his disciples, there was already a crowd there. Yesterday I was flipping through the news channel live last night and I saw thousands of crowds gathered in multiple places in Metro Manila, different parts of the Philippines gathering together. And I imagine, man, I wonder if it's like that. And I believe it was. And verse 35 says, by this time, sorry, verse, verse 34, when Jesus landed, there he was, when Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion. Everybody say compassion. He had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. So there they were. They heard Jesus was coming. They went ahead. And by the time Jesus arrived, the crowds were already there. So much for the rest, huh? They were going to go to a solitary place to take a personal retreat. But before they get there, the crowds were already there. The crowds were already there. And it tells us here that Jesus had compassion on them. They were like sheep without a shepherd. So, he didn't say, can you guys go away? We want to take time to rest. 
I've been ministering all day. Can you give us a moment? No, no, no. He says here, so he began to teach them. Isn't Jesus good? I mean, this is how good he is. Even though he was physically tired and exhausted from doing what he just did. He was ministering together with his disciples. Because of the need that he saw, because of the people that he saw, he had compassion. His compassion motivated him. His compassion for the lost, for the hungry, for the destitute, for the desperate, for those who had needs, motivated him, moved him to continue to serve those that were in need. Verse 35 says, by this time, it was late in the day. So the disciples came to him. This is a remote place, they said, and it's already very late. Send the people away so that they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. That's a good advice. Don't you agree? Jesus, it's all good. You've been feeding them spiritually. This is amazing teaching. And we're motivated. We're encouraged. But you know what? They've been here the whole day. And I can hear some of them grumbling already that they're hungry. They're hungry. So I think it might be a good idea to maybe send them home, right? So that they can find something to eat. That's, that's a good advice. Because sometimes preachers preach long. Come on, you won't offend me if you say amen. I know that I preach long sometimes. I know that's it's, it's a fact. You can check YouTube. <laughs> Right? It happens. That's why we gave breads to the mothers today, just in case. No, that, no that's, not, that's not true. So, you know, they're saying like, Jesus preached long. Right? So I'm in good company here. But he said, let's, let's feed them. Let's send them. That's good advice. That's good advice. They're not just thinking about the spiritual nourishment, but the physical needs as well. Here's, here's Jesus' response. I love Jesus' response. In verse 37, he says, But he answered, You give them something to eat. They said to him, That would take more than a half year's wages. Are we to go and spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? How many loaves do you have? Jesus asked. Go and see. When they found out, they said, Five and two fish. Then Jesus directed them to have all the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties, taking the five loaves and two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to his disciples to distribute to the people. He also divided the two fish among them. They all ate and they were satisfied and the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces of bread and fish. The number of men who had eaten was 5,000. 5,000. Now, other gospel writers say this doesn't even include the women and the children. So if you multiply that by two, that's 10,000. Maybe some of them brought several kids. Maybe even more than that. People were fed. Gospel writer says every single one of them were fed and there was still left over. There was still left over. I mean, those are the kind of parties that you want to go to, right? You want to go to a party where there is an abundance of food. It's not like, you know, you're invited to a party and then all of a sudden the food has run out. You can't even take anything home. Do you know at ICS, people here don't party like that? 
I mean, people in this church are so blessed that when you guys party, at the end of that party, there's always take home. Did you notice that? So apparently we're following Jesus' example, right? That it's okay to have that, so you could give some more away. Jesus did that, right? He pioneered this buffet setting where he said, you know, we're going to feed you guys. And at the end of that, you can even take home some more because there's a lot that's left over. This is amazing. This story always amazes me. It amazed me when I was young, when I heard, because I thought, man, that's awesome. If I could have all the food that I want and not run out, that's what I want, right? And those of us who like to eat, we're probably thinking, that's pretty good as well. You know, you don't have to spend your money. Food just appears miraculously. It keeps distributing, and there's even more at the end. But, but you know, it's, it's more than food here. It's, it's more than food that we can learn from this. A couple of things that we learn. First of all, we can learn that Jesus cares for people beyond their spiritual nourishment. We learn here that Jesus is concerned not just to leave to them spiritual truths and insight, but their holistic health as well. Because he's the one who made a way so that they could be fed physically. We learn from this passage that Jesus' compassion for people extends beyond and meets them at their point of need. He doesn't say, you know what, you've got a need? Okay, come back to me tomorrow. No. If he can provide and meet that need right now, he will. He was tired. He wanted to rest. That's the reason for going across the lake. But the moment he reaches the other side, the people are already there. They're tired. They're weary. They're hungry. Not just physically, but for something deeper. Why? Didn't they have leaders? They did. Sadducees, the spiritual leaders, Pharisees, spiritual leaders. And they also have political leaders, the Herodians, who were campaigning all kinds of things. And everybody was saying, do this, do that, follow this, follow that. But Jesus saw them and said, they're still like sheep without a shepherd. Have you ever seen sheep without a shepherd? They just wander aimlessly, whichever way they go. And sometimes they don't even think about the danger that they're heading towards. Because sheep will just follow another sheep. And if that sheep is going towards a place that's dangerous, the sheep following them does not know any better. That's why you need a shepherd with a stick so that they can pull back and gather and herd the sheep back to where it is safe, to where there is green pastures, so that they can be taken care of. Sheep aren't the best kinds of animals. And a lot of times in scriptures, you know what people are compared to? Sheep. Don't you feel good? <laughs> so encouraging, isn't it? We're like sheep. Jesus said they're like sheep without a shepherd. But wait, they had spiritual leaders. They had political leaders, yes. But unfortunately, these leaders weren't really that compassionate. These leaders were there for themselves, were there to serve themselves. They weren't there to serve the people. Yes, they had like a Jewish leader, what, Herod, who was there, but he was a puppet king because they were under a tyrannical empire whose Caesar emperor was considered a god. And whatever this tyrannical leader said, goes. You cannot say or do anything against them. In fact, if you go against them, you will die. The consequences 
our death. So they had those leaders. And Jesus saw them, they were like, they're still aimless. They don't have purpose. And it's because of this, you find hunger. You find people still grappling and trying to seek for purpose and direction. Jesus reveals to us in the story that he is the bread of life. He doesn't just feed us spiritual food, but he is all that we will ever need. He also provides the physical needs of those who draw near to him. And another thing we discover here, he actually expects his followers to do the same. Now, I don't know about you, but that's pressure, right? That's pressure. Wait, wait, wait. We're expected to do the same? Yes. That's what Jesus said. Do as I do, right? Follow me. Do what you have seen me do. That's what he told his disciples. And right here, when they were looking at their needs, they said, these people are hungry. Let's just send them away. Jesus told them, no, you feed them. You give them something to eat. And miracle of all miracles takes place when they actually take Jesus for his word, do what he says, a miracle is unleashed. And they're able to witness this and experience it for themselves. The truth is, this is what Jesus expects each one of us to do today. There are days when we will encounter needs around us that will be overwhelming. Perhaps some of you are already experiencing that right now in your own families. The reason why so many people right now are, are crying for change is because they feel like, hey, th there's something that needs to change politically. But can I tell you right now, politics is not the ultimate answer. It's not. We're thankful for government leaders. We're thankful that in this country, we actually have a voice. The Jews didn't have a voice. They couldn't vote for who, you know, could lead them. But in the Philippines, we have that power. We can express our voice to say, yes, this is who we want. And we should exercise that ability to speak out and to vote. God will not lead you where his grace cannot sustain you. There may be overwhelming circumstances in your workplace, perhaps in your financial situation, maybe in some of our relationships. And some of us who are serving in the halls of government, we see the needs around us and we're overwhelmed. Friends will come to us and we're overwhelmed. Relatives will approach us for help and we're overwhelmed because we say, you know what, I can't even meet my own needs. How can I help to supply your need? But if we know and if we believe that Jesus is the one who has led us where we are today, that Jesus has led you in that workplace, that Jesus has brought you into that family, that Jesus has allowed you to be born in this nation for this time in this season. So you better believe that God has a purpose and a plan for why he has called you where you are. We said at the beginning of this series that you are salt and you are light. I hope you're beginning to embrace that right now because that is the reason why God has planted you where you are. He is telling you today, when need is presented to you, you feed them. You provide the answer. And the good news is, the answer will come not just from us, but from God himself. This is what the disciples 
learned, this is what they experienced. And today, if we choose to do the same and follow their examples, we can see that take place in our own life. So a couple of things that we learn from this to experience this, because I want to experience that myself in my life. To meet the needs where you are, we need to submit, commit, and share. Everybody say submit, commit, share. First of all, we need to submit our concerns to Jesus. The crowds knew that Jesus was on the way to another venue. So before he even gets there, they rush ahead of him. They come with expectation. They come knowing, believing that there is somebody who can meet their needs, regardless of what it is. I hope that before you came today, you came not just because, you know what, I heard there's a new air conditioning unit. I'm going to go there to experience the cool. Hey, I'm glad if you did that, but you know what? It is beyond the air conditioning unit that we gather together. We gather because we know that when we come together under the name of Jesus, he will meet us at our point of need. He will meet us regardless of what we are facing and what we are carrying and what's going on in our life. There is somebody who has the answer, and that's Jesus. That's Jesus. The crowds knew that. They went ahead. And they were ready, expectant to meet with Jesus. The disciples, when confronted with an overwhelming circumstance, what did they do? What did they do? First, they tried to utilize their own abilities, right? They used what they knew what to do. Jesus, we should send away these people to feed them. Good idea. But then Jesus says, it's your responsibility. Uh, and the reasoning comes in. See, here's where we get threatened sometimes by the physical circumstances that we see around us. Our rational mind comes in and we begin to identify limitations. But Jesus, but, 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 and there's all kinds of limitations that we begin to establish. But hold on, who asked us? Who commanded us? Jesus did. And whenever Jesus commands us to do something, you already know that he has the answer. He will not lead you where his grace cannot sustain you. Grace is something you get that you don't deserve. And here, he was already telling them to do something that he already had an answer for. But it was an opportunity for them to experience growth in their faith, for them to exercise faith and belief in Jesus. So instead of continuing to argue with Jesus, Jesus, first of all, acknowledges their concerns, right? He acknowledges their concerns. Yes, that's a valid concern. We should. It's your responsibility. And he gives them a, find out what we have. And what do they do? They commit. Second is commit. They commit what God has given you. Commit what God has given you to be used for his purpose. What do you have in your hands? What skill do you possess? What talent do you possess? What material possessions do you have? What opportunities has God opened up for you today? God is saying, you know what? You see a need around you? I've already provided the answer and you are going to provide it. You will be a conduit. You will be the channel so that answer could be met. Yes, I will provide it, but I need to use you. And when we're willing when we commit ourselves for God's purpose, when we understand that we are existing, not simply for me, not because of myself, not for my wants, 
but ultimately for God's purposes, it is there we will begin to see him use us. The disciples come to Jesus and they said, this is what we find. Five loaves, two fish. Whatever we dedicate to God, he will use beyond our wildest expectations. Sometimes we think, well, this is all that I can do. What can I do? Right? The disciples, what can we do? Half a year's wage is not enough. What can we do? But when they decided, okay, here's what we have. Jesus, we're going to commit it to you. We're going to entrust it to you. Have you entrusted your life to Jesus? Maybe some of us need to entrust our families to Jesus. Maybe we need to entrust our businesses to Jesus, our careers to Jesus. Because the longer we try to take hold of it, the more difficult it is to sustain. Come on now, this is good preaching. The more we try to do what we can through our own strength and through our own wisdom, it becomes more of our effort. And it gets tiring, it gets wearying, it does, doesn't accomplish much. But the moment we say, Jesus, I'm going to surrender it to you. I'm going to dedicate my life to you. I'm going to dedicate my family to you, my business to you, my finances to you, my skills, my talent. You know what Jesus does? He will anoint us. He will bless us to use what he has already given to us. Let's not forget it came from him. But he's going to take that the moment we dedicate it for him and use it beyond what we could ask or even imagine. Not so that we could be glorified, but so that the needs of the people around us could be met. Yes, he will meet our needs. That's his promise. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and your need will be met. That's already a given. But when he blesses us, the blessing usually is beyond what we need. Did you notice that? When you're praying and asking for a need to be met, God meets that need and there is always extra. What is that excess for? It's not for you to say, well, I'm going to keep that for the rainy days. No, that excess is for you to use because God is going to bring somebody along your path who has a need. And God is saying, this is specifically the reason why I gave excess. So that you can bless, you can encourage, you can uplift, you can sow into them so that they in turn they can do it to others as well. Our God is a God of generosity. Our God is a God of compassion, of love, and of grace. And He doesn't hold back. He gives beyond what we could ask or even imagine. But the moment we try to hold on to it, you know what happened to the, to the Israelites? God told them, take what you need today, do not withhold, right? But what would they do as they were uh, sojourning on the desert? They decided, you know what, we're going to keep some, we're going to keep some. And what did they realize? The next day, it had already gone moldy. It was expired. You can't even eat it anymore. There was a foul stench. Why? Because God will give you what you need today. But a lot of times when there is excess, it's because he wants you to use that to bless and encourage somebody else. Jesus did that here. And the disciples saw that. They experienced it. And it happened because they committed themselves to the Lord. Finally, number three is we need to be willing to share. Share what he gives to meet the needs around you. That's what the excess is for. That's what the abundance is for. That's why Jesus said, I came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. 
I believe in abundance. I believe that God came to prosper us. He prospered us supernaturally by saving us from darkness into light. And he continues to provide for our every need. And a lot of times if we're faithfully stewarding what he gives us, the excess is used to meet the needs of others. This is what we're supposed to do, church. This is what it means to be salt and light. This is why we believe that no, no single government is going to be the salvation of a people, but only Jesus Christ is. Jesus is the true Savior. Because politicians come and go. Church leaders come and go. You know who is the same and is steadfast and remains? Jesus. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change like shifting shadows. What he says, he will accomplish. He does it. And this is what he commands us to do today. Tomorrow, or maybe even this afternoon, when you leave this place, you can expect needs to start appearing before you. Why? Because that's the reason why God continues to allow us to be on this planet. To be extensions of his love, his grace, his mercy. Yes, to meet spiritual needs so that we can share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. But how many of you know it's hard to listen to that message if you're hungry, <laughs> if you're in need? Jesus recognizes this, and he meets people at their point of need so that they are healed spiritually, physically, in all areas of their life. And this is what God continues to expect us to do until Jesus returns. Is this possible? Yes, it is. We can continue to experience this today. If we will trust the Lord, if we will commit all that he has given to us, if we will submit everything, all of our life to him, and if we are willing to be generous to those who are surrounding us. That's the reason why we're still here. And until Jesus returns, the church is expected to continue to do the same until he comes back. Remember, God will not leave you, lead you where his grace cannot sustain you. And when confronted with overwhelming needs, circumstances, know that the grace of God will always be enough will always be sufficient. Come on, would you stand with me right now where you are? And some of you in this room, you're like the crowd. You came here today because you are in need. You came here today expecting, Lord God, I need to hear from you. I need, I need a touch from you. I need a resolution to my problem, to my situation. Can I tell you, Jesus already knew before you woke up this morning, he knew what kept you awake last night. And he was saying, you know what? I just need you to submit to me. I just need you to surrender to me. I just need you to give to me your concerns and acknowledge me in your situation. Commit to me what you have. Surrender to me what you have. Consecrate to me. And let me show you what I can do with what you surrender. 
We pray that you are encouraged by this message. For more information about ICS Church, please visit us online at ics.church or like us on facebook.com slash ICS Church.